They don't have guests, they have contestants. 10 Questions with Kyle Brandt is the perfect game show and talk show hybrid that you need. Check out 10 Questions exclusively on Spotify. It's New York, New York, presented by FanDuel. Take a shot at betting the NBA with FanDuel, America's number one sports book. Right now, you can check out the new and improved Parlay Hub, filter by odds, sport, and bet type to easily find the most popular parlays and same-game parlays all on one page. Plus, start betting on the Explore page and the Pulse and bet live same-game parlays for every NBA game. So download the app today and bet with FanDuel, official partner of the NBA. The Ringer is committed to responsible gaming. Please visit rg-help.com to learn more about the resources and helplines available and listen to the end of the episode for additional details. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 100 Gambler or visit rg-help.com. Emergency pod time. I wasn't planning on doing this today because my voice is completely shot after screaming at the Astros for three and a half hours. But when the Rangers fire their GM and they fire their president, I said, I got to have my main man, Mraz, on the show. One of my longtime friends started with me behind the scenes at WFAN. Now he's a part of the morning zoo over at CBS Sports Radio with DA and the cast of thousands. And he's like the biggest Ranger fan I know. So, Shawnee, what's happening, brother? Furious day today, JJ. It's a good day for an emergency pod, but a furious day if you're a Ranger fan. Okay, so I'm not going to try and pretend to be Mr. Hockey, Sean. So kind of talk me through this. If I had told you 24 hours ago that the Rangers would fire their GM and that they would fire their president, what would Sean Mraz say to me 24 hours ago? I'm curious. If it wasn't, you're out of your mind, why? It would be what kind of scandal happened that we didn't know about behind the scenes. And in theory, it doesn't look like a scandal right now, JJ. This comes not even, what, 18 hours after the Rangers, as a franchise, release a statement saying that George Paros, the head of basically player safety, isn't fit to do his job. And suddenly the Rangers president and general manager, by the way, John Davidson is like an icon with the franchise. He's a legend. I mean, when I was growing up watching Ranger games, Sean, he's in the booth. He's the number one guy. Right. When he came back, bro, listen, it seemed like it was the... The homecoming, right? The conquering hero coming back. It was the long-awaited return. If he wasn't going to return to the broadcast booth, it was going to be for him to run the Rangers when Glenn Sathers stepped down. And I had Jeff Gorton over here who had set up so much of that Bruins run and the Bruins pieces that we see now. And the pieces were in place. The Rangers had released that statement about a rebuild a couple years ago. I've never seen a New York fan base buy into a rebuild the way the Rangers have. And now you kind of have a couple funky years where the Rangers have gotten hot at the end of last year with all these young pieces. Artemi Panarin, hard trophy finalist. You think maybe they're ahead of schedule. Then they go to the bubble. They get wiped out by Carolina. And now you get this, basically, I'm going to call it, you know, a fraudulent NHL year where you're only playing in a division, a made-up division at that. And the Rangers, unfortunately, were the fifth team, basically, out of a you know a four-team playoff that's going to get there. And if it was any other regular year, they would have had enough points. They have one of the highest plus minuses in hockey. They would have made the playoffs. So right off the bat, I can tell you, Ranger fans, no playoffs is okay. These guys have done a good job putting together this young roster, and we've all fallen in love with these guys. So to see the guys who put together that roster out today, it's gut-wrenching. Well, that's what I'm surprised by. I mean, you look at the progress 
of the organization as a whole in a rebuild. It seems like they're drafting well. It seems like they're developing well. I know they're not in the playoffs, but like you said, weird year, playing in the division. How much do you want to really take into account all being on the outside looking in or barely getting in? So I think it's one of two things. Is it the owner? Is it the fact that they got a big name? I don't know, like Messier, who's itching and scratching and clawing to get involved. What did you think was the number one determining factor, basically, in making this move happen? Sean Moresh, gut feel, what was the number one reason this went down? It's an absolute reaction to the Rangers being embarrassed by the Tom Wilson situation. So you think it's the Wilson situation? Absolutely, and I think it's multiple branches of the Wilson situation. There are a couple spin zones coming out since this news broke. We're taping this, but the time we taped this, you know, an hour ago now, an hour and a half ago when this came out. And the, the couple spin saying this was coming anyway. It's performance related, total coincidence. I say Bush, Bull, no chance. You know, you can curse on this, by the way. Bullshit right. is okay. All you right. can say. See, I, I'm, I'm trained. I'm You're trained. learning now. I'm learning. I know. It's fun. Trust me on that, right. Shawty. It's fun. Right. So it's bullshit. I, I'll just go. let out and say it. It's absolutely bull. And this is the reason I would say that. Because, number one, the timing is too coincidental. If it was performance-related, we have, like, three or four games left in the regular season, right? So the Ranger fan could have waited and saw this fire and come in a week when the season was over, which can still happen with David Quinn. It could have happened in a week, and it would have been, all right, maybe it is performance-related. Or it could have happened before the Capitol game when they had just lost both those games to the Islanders with their season on the line as a reaction to that. But it happens after this Tom Wilson situation. And by the way, it doesn't happen directly the night after the game. It happens the night after a statement comes out because of the way the NHL handled it. I don't buy it. I think what happened is, Personally, I think it was Dolan who released that statement. I don't believe it was Gorton and John Davidson because those guys are kind of classier hockey guys, you know, trying to do everything the right way. I think uh, Dolan had an overreaction, wasn't happy that the Rangers basically were being embarrassed and their star players basically head be bouncing off the ice. I don't think that looked good. And I think that Dolan probably had words with the team. Hey, why didn't we have any tough guys to go back after Wilson? They traded Brendan Lemieux earlier in the year. Why didn't we have any tough guys? And the truth is, that hockey, in a way, you have a few Tom Wilsons that aren't necessarily the biggest factors in the playoffs, but that's not how you build a team to win cups anymore. Sure, you need a little grit, some gritty guys, but the Rangers have all these young, promising stars and scoring players that they're building things a different way and just don't have that toughness and that edge factor. But I don't think that's a reason you blow up and fire your GM that's put yourself in this spot because of an overreaction to Wilson. And just one more thing, JJ, if it is performance-related, what did James Dolan expect? The biggest free agent in hockey the last two years was Artemi Panarin. Who signed him? The Rangers were able to sign him. They had the number one pick due to luck in the lottery. They got Alexei Lafreniere. The year before, they had the number two pick. Everybody would have picked Capo Caco. They came up with a creative way to trade for Adam Fox, who might be the best defenseman in hockey right now. There is nothing performance-wise that these guys haven't done to create the best possible young crop and roster. They even kept Chris Kreider when we thought there was no way the Rangers would figure out a way to keep him. So they have done everything from a building roster standpoint to position this team for a decade run, and it feels like a massive overreaction to a dirty incident where the owner was embarrassed and want some more grit and more tough guys on the team. And these guys disagreed and now they're out of their asses. I've roasted Dolan for years with the Knicks. You know, it's bothered me to no end that he's kind of stuck his hand in a bunch of different cookie jars in the team before this year was an absolute dumpster fire for 20 years. The Rangers, on the other hand, though, Sean, you think about it. Dolan has stayed out of the way. Glenn Sather's been able to do whatever the hell Glenn Sather's wanted to do. It seems like this front office has been able, carte blanche, to run things the way they want to run it. Are you now fearful as a Ranger fan that 
we're getting the James Dolan effect where he's trying Absolutely. to meddle, get involved. That bothers you, right? It has to. It bothers me because the best part about being a Ranger fan, aside from the beers, the trains in, and you know, slapping hands on the blue side. That L I double R with you for Ranger Island, the game is a scene, by the way. That's a scene. You pound a couple 40s, you go in, little rose pizza on the way out, although that's closed now. You have a blast going to Ranger games, right? But the best part organizationally was we were a James Dolan owned team where James Dolan didn't care about the team. Glenn Sather could do whatever he wanted. They had a nice little run with Henrik Lundqvist and even when things were bad, there were generally not overreactions. Okay, the occasional coach getting fired and whatnot. But now if James Dolan is meddling and actually getting involved with real hockey people like Davidson and Gordon were running this thing and building it the right way, and this sets this organization back for a fan base that was ultra patient just now in a rebuild and is, is basically foaming at the mouths of a regular season next year with these guys, these young players – this could set them back. If this leads to Chris Drury now being hired and being a James Dolan puppet where they're trading off pieces left and right to go find the more Matt Martins of the world, all due respect to Islander fans, it's going to be a major problem. Not to say Rangers couldn't use a guy with grit here or there, but it better not need and lead to blowing up everything that these two have built and set this organization in motion to do that. Um, If Messier comes back, does that make you feel better about things? Listen, I'm always fearful I mean, with the star. Sean, when you bring in the star to either yeah. run the team or coach the team, you're getting hired in order to get fired. Look at Mullen at St. John's. Yeah. They gave yeah. him the gig. He had no experience. He got fired or basically left a couple of years later because he Don couldn't Mattingly, hack it. JJ, were, couldn't Yankee hack it. Fan, we're Yankee fans. I didn't want Don Mattingly hired when they hired Girardi. That was the same reason. I Who wanted Donnie Baseball's name to be tarnished if things went wrong with the Yankees? You know, Mark Messier, if he wanted this job or they wanted to hire Mark Messier, he could have had this job when John Davidson and Gorton were brought in. The guy has basically been begging for the job from afar for a long time now. So if that's what's going to happen now, what Messier is going to come in and that's going to fix everything, I'm scared of that. If it's Jur- if it's Drury, he better be able to be a real hockey person and not just be a, a Dolan puppet. Maybe they do bring in Messier because they see that the fan base is angry and they want to bring back a hero. But I don't think the plan when they fired fired them to was, hey, we got to get Mark Messier in there because Mark Messier could have been had a long time ago for these jobs. Now, you are the rare breed that is a Ranger Brooklyn Net fan. I feel like that does not right. happen. It seems like the Garden teams kind of stick together where you're Nick and a Ranger fan. All right, maybe there's some Nick Islander fans, but you are a Ranger Net fan. And Sean, just so you know, the net fan on this podcast since we started a month ago hates my guts. And you know this. You're a buddy of mine. We're in a chat. I think you're the best team in the Eastern Conference. I don't like your team. I don't like your players. You're not the Knicks, but you don't give a shit, dude. If your team wins a title, you think you care about being the toast of the town? You just want a title, correct? Uh, No. And and what? That's when we win a title uh, and there's a parade down Flatbush Avenue. Do you think I care that Nick fans are going to go, oh, you didn't go down the Canyon of Heroes? Or look, there's so many less fans than Nick. Get lost. I've been dying for this moment. And you know what? I sat through and I was pumped up. I thought the Nets would beat the Spurs in the Jason Kidd days. I was sadly mistaken after surviving the sweep to the Lakers the year before. I have lived through a lot of bad basketball. So much bad basketball that the ar- I'm an arrogant fan. I couldn't talk trash about the Nets to the point people question my Nets fandom because they never saw me talking about it. Well, what are you going to say? Well, it's like me I with the Knicks. Say? I mean, the idea that Nick fans run their mouth is comical to me, Sean, because right. it's like when you stink for 20 years – you got to take a couple L's. And JJ, it bothers Nick fan this year. It bothers Nick fan because this should be the year with Thibodeau where they come in, they're the four seed, what a story. And they they are enjoying the story, but let's face it, you Nick fans, and bless you, so I don't want to be as hard on you, but I'll, I'll crush you with your whole fan base. 
every sentence about the Knicks year this year has been, see, this is a Nick town first. Nip. Well, if you have to keep telling us that, maybe one day it'll be true because clearly the Net fans are in the Knicks' heads. Clearly they must be somewhat relevant because after every big Nick win, we got to hear how it's a Nick town. Well, you shouldn't have to tell us that if it is in fact a Nick town. So I hope the Knicks enjoy Maybe they get by the Hawks and Trey Young in the first round if that's the series they draw. I'll gladly take that, by the way. Done. Yeah. I'll sign and, right and now. And by the way, Done. that's the most disappointing part of the Nets' two losses to the Bucks in back-to-back because it doesn't look like they probably get the one seed now if the Sixers hold true. But I would salivate at the idea of sweeping the heck out of the Knicks and now doubly to spite James Dolan after what he did to the Rangers in the second round and then having every Knicks fan tell me nobody cares when they're in the Eastern Conference Final. Get lost. Seriously. Uh, before you say goodbye, normally you're a guy who wears his emotions on his sleeve. Me and you have that in common. And normally you're one to go after the Yankees, which is good. I like that about you. You tell it like it is. This time around, though, Sean, when the Yankees got off to the 5-10 and 10 start, you were very optimistic. They're going to be fine. Blah, blah, blah. So I'm going to ask you this before we say goodbye. Who do you feel better about when it comes to winning a championship this year? The Yankees or your Brooklyn Nets? If you had to put the percentages on... Who's got a better chance of winning their respective title? Two of your beloved teams, Yankees, Nets. The floor is yours. Slam dunk, it's the Nets because it's a star-driven league. They have the big three right now. I know James Harden hasn't played in a while. When he comes back, it is unguardable. I don't care what you want to say about defense with the Nets. What they have going on is unguardable if those three guys are on the floor. I don't want to hear chemistry. They've only played seven games. The Yankees, unfortunately, as confident as I am, and I think they're going to figure this out, kind of like the Dodgers finally did last season, I've been there, done that with this Yankee core. And seen a lot of bad playoff losses, bro. Right. A lot of bad, a lot playoff of bad losses. losses. So how, if I'm given one or the other, and I think they both probably have a great chance of winning a championship this year. If I'm given one or the other, I'm going to take the one where I haven't seen what they've done yet with the promise of knowing the NBA structure of a big three compared to the one I have seen flame out year in and year out. So if it's going to be one, it's going to be the Brooklyn Nets. Don't be a stranger, and I fully expect to hear from you when Daniel Jones throws three interceptions down in Miami. Um, are we planning? That's all right, the JJ. That's can all right, we JJ. work Two on the Dolphin? Four. Two will throw four that day. It's all right. Uh, the Dolphin Giant road trip. I know you're going to be a father, number two. Let's hope that that game is scheduled after baby two arrives, so Dan will maybe give you the pass to get down to South Beach. Hey, look, JJ, anything I write off is a work expense at that point. <laughs> right? I got to go. I got go. to study this game for work. So if, if I get two weeks clear of the baby being home, we get a good November game, even a December game. The Santa hat is on. I'm on the flight to Miami. Let's do it. Stellar job, bro. We will catch up soon. Later, JJ. Emergency pod. We're back tomorrow. Mike Breen is going to join us. We had a dual Rangers today. Who better than my main man, Mraz? JJ out. Be good, everybody.